All right, friends, welcome to another episode of Behind the Human. I'm your host, Mark Champagne, and it's your, it's mine. It's whose job, your job, or my job? It's my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. I'm so excited to release this episode to all of you with Judy Holler. I asked Judy to come on the show intentionally at this time of year because I think we could all use a good dose of her incredible, infectious, beautiful energy to close off the year and set up our minds to thrive in 2024. So enjoy this conversation with two-time guest, Judy Holler. What I am learning in life, Mark, and I think this is like a perfect segue, is I am just learning, and this is so hard for the type A certified control freak that I am. I am learning in the dog month and now, like I'm in this season right now where I just, I'm learning to let go. Because what I have come to understand is that when I try to jam something in, right, that like, is yeah. it meant to like think of water? Like you can't stop the flow of water. So I'm trying yeah. to be more like water and allow myself to um sort of roll with um all the imbalances that life will reveal to us. And sometimes the work we need to do, the pressure we need to apply is the pressure of stopping, the pressure yeah. of letting go, the pressure yeah. of like literally saying, I need to take some pressure off, which for a certified type A control freak is really <laughs> So I'm in this season of like, Mark, I'm not even going to set goals until like January because I'm like, let me listen. Let me listen. Let me take a minute. Let me take a beat. If I were really water and we're 70% water. So if I am the ocean, if we are water, it is destined to flow. Yeah. So what if, what do I have to lose? I might as well. Be like the ocean here. Take a good listen this month and then come back in January um, and make some plans. But I'm going to give myself a beat. And that is like a whole new Judy in itself. We're going to get into that. So the <laughs> John, who's who's editing this episode and everyone's going to be listening to this, is a bit of a, a non-traditional start. Because as you know, I typically start with a who are you question, but there's no way I'm not including everything we just talked about in this episode. So we're going to do the who are you question. Okay, I love that. And all you listeners are going to hear it kind of midway through. And I'll record the intro uh, and all that stuff in Judy's bio at the end of this. So you'll hear this, you'll hear that up front uh, as per usual. But let's start with the who are you question. Because everyone will have a bit of a bio uh, by the time they get to this point. So if we strip all of that stuff away, and you, and the titles are gone. What you do is 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 gone. Just like who is Judy? I am a forty-seven-year-old hip-hop-loving, poetry-writing, slam poetry-performing hype girl, performer, and audit an artist, really on a mission to help people holler at their dreams. And I don't believe. God gave me the last name of Holler by accident. And I have woken that beast up. And it feels so good to be able to say that to you. And Mark, I would love to go back and like listen to the tape of what I said two years ago 
when you asked me that question. I was I've probably, got that for you. Do you? Uh, I so I listened to it because I was curious, just knowing where, just knowing a bit of backstory over the last month or so of what you're going through and the remix and all of that. I was genuinely curious to see how you were going to answer that question in in respect or in in comparison to because we've almost it's it's essentially been exactly two years to this month since that last conversation. We it released December 2021, so it's. Apparently, we're like the year-end closers for the podcast because, as you know, I'm we're recording this everyone on a Thursday, and I typically there's a bit of a lead time to release this stuff. It's going out this Sunday because I really want everyone to, you know, have this conversation uh, given the time of year that we're you know we're all, we're kind of going into, and and I know and you already have like. I know the, the, everyone will be left with some pretty good questions and things to think about, uh, which has already started just in the way we, we, we began the conversation. So here's what you said. Oh my you God. Said, I you said, yeah. are you ready? Oh my God. I, I, I'm so, I am, wow. I have goosebumps. Okay, go. Okay. So, uh, I mean, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but you said, I am a generator, a generator of energy, excitement, mm-hmm. and movement. And here, I love this line. I ref- this this relates, I think, to right now. I refuse to remain stuck in the same. Mm. Does that does that land with you based on where you're at right now, what you've been thinking about? Yeah. Or how has that evolved? I think in December of 2021, I was becoming, it, I was in the becoming. I was in the sort of beginning phase of my spiritual awakening. So get this. So I get a DM from a girlfriend who's a dope DJ. She's based in Chicago. She travels all over the world. She's very spiritual like myself. Anyway, she sends me a DM and she on Instagram and she goes, hey, uh, holler, don't take this the wrong way, but like, girl, have you had an awakening? And I go, what, what do you mean? She's like a spiritual awakening. So literally, Mark, I go, Google. What is a spiritual <laughs> awakening? Little did I know, I did a whole podcast episode on it. There's seven phases of a spiritual oh, wow. awakening. So guys, go Google it because you like, you know, there's the seven state phases of grief or whatever, the five phases of grief. It's got that, some vibes of that where yeah. there's like shedding and a becoming and a stepping into it and embodiment and like all this stuff you kind of go through, you, you sort of break down to break through. Long story short, in December of 2021, I was... What with what I know now, after my Google research on spiritual awakening <laughs> and now reading more about it, um, I was yeah, I was beginning that journey of of slowly starting to be honest with myself about what it is that I really believe. Um, I I was like who I came here to be and what I was put on this planet to really do with my life, and I was just ready um, to to kick out of the box that I had kind of like put myself in and we can peel back some of those layers. But I love that I said I was a generator. It's so funny. One of the things I say now, and it's even on my, in my new website, it's like, like I'm a hype woman. Like I am in my core, in my bones. I, I am a generator of like heat, of energy. I am hype. I am, there's substance to me, no doubt about it. And I'm a great teacher on stage and I have a lot of stories to share. And I, um, 
feel like I am an artist and I find this way to sort of blend like my work as an artist with like the hype to really create some substance in rooms. I work primarily as a keynote speaker and it's so fun to be able to do that now. It looks a lot different than what I was doing, but at my core, in my bones, I am a hype woman. Like I'm a generator. I get people like my keynotes. I am a motivational speaker. Even saying yeah, that- A legit he, one. A legit one. Like- <laughs> I shot, we were talking about this last night. I went out with a few speakers and we were taught, they were all in Arizona for this thing. Long story short, we were talking about like the title of motivational speaker because there are different categories of speakers. And some speakers like myself are true openers, closers. We are inspirational speakers. And I shied away from that term for so long because number one, I felt like I was way too cool to be a motivational speaker. Ego, ego, ego. Like <laughs> I'm way too cool to be a motivational speaker. I'm not going to try and get you to go live in a van down by the river, baby. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you remember the Chris Farley, yeah. like it's not this like used car salesman and like ick vibe to it. Like it just felt yeah. icky to me. Like she's a motivational speaker. And I was like, cringe, embarrassed. So let me come up with all these other ways to identify myself and title myself. And when really at the core, what an honor mm. to be able to do what 98% of the population can't do, is afraid to do, and to be able to spend your life driving people to take action in their own. Like what an honor that is. And the last thing I'll say about it too, and I hope everybody that speaks or wants to speak hears me when I tell you this. My middle stepson said to me, because he, you know, I was in some self-doubt on something. And this was a couple of years ago. We were sitting on the front steps in in our house in Ohio. I now live in Arizona. And we were just like, you know, I saw something on Instagram. It triggered me, triggered some self-doubt as the machine does. It is designed to distract us, right? So I'm scrolling the gram and I'm just like, okay. And I get into doubt and he just looks at me. He's like, Judy, do you realize what you do? And this is a guy, kid who's now like, he's coming out of medical school. He's on rotations. Like he's gonna be a doctor, right? He goes, do you realize that you do for a living what 98 98- 98% of the population can't do or doesn't want to do. They'd rather die than do what you do. Yeah. And if you look at the only other category of, of job that has a very similar percentage ratio, it is surgeons, like surgeons, mm. like 98% of the population is not a surgeon. Two to 3% are right. Like surgeons are hard. He goes, basically what I'm saying to you is you're a surgeon. You are a surgeon. And I remember being like, that's right. We are surgeons. <laughs> like, so it's like specialty, like I have this specialty, this, this craft, those of us that, that really do it at high levels and, and for a living professionally, right. We're, you know, we're surgeons. And I thought, I loved that play. Like, you know, yeah. what an honor to be able to uh, slice into someone's life um, when they least expect it in an unexpected way to get them to do something different. And I'll take motivational speaker all day long because I'm good at it. it. So let's go. <laughs> that you are, that you are in, in all, you know, like you, I think people listening might think, you know, motivational speaker on a stage in front of a, a team and so forth, which obviously, you know, that is a, a large component of what you do, but even, even what we just shared, you know, in terms of like what, what I experienced, what my wife experienced her sister and, and who knows how many other people they, they share that podcast with, not to mention the people that are subscribed to your show. I mean, that was 15 minutes of some serious Judy hype and and on a topic that was like scary, you know, <laughs> and, and energetically yeah. uh, was rocking a lot of people. So, I mean, Thanks. that's, I think, I, I, 
I think that's something to be proud of. Like that's a, yeah. that's an art. That's a skill. That's, that's I'm so proud to be there. I'm so glad. Yeah. It's like, I'm back home to myself. Like this is, this is, this is the, the journey and we can unpack some of the stories. I think there's so many lessons hiding in where I was two years ago to where I have finally gotten today that I think would be really um, cool to unpack with you. But um, I am back home. I am a hype woman and I am 47 years old and I have woken myself up in a way um, that I think is empowering and powerful. And I, I believe I'm here to remind men and women that we are never too old and we are never too late to age as ambitiously as we want to, to live mm. as loudly as we desire to. And I don't know about you, Mark, but I'm kind of like, give me the woman or man with the wisdom any and all the day. They have the best stories. They have all the lessons, the failures, the bruises, the like they have come through. And I just love this season in life. And I feel like, oh, my God, I am just getting started because now yes. Wagger, I've got experience, I've got stories, I've got confidence. And I think with age comes confidence. And, and now my feet are on the ground in a solid way. And I hope to be with my hip hop loving, poetry performing. I wear these graffiti suits on stage. I got my big hollow the hoops on. Box. I, my boom boxes, my <laughs> records, my mixtapes. Like I am just like eight-year-old Judy is awake and every decision I make is to honor her because I believe who we are when we are eight, nine, and 10 is who we really are before the world silences us, before the world tells us to be quiet. It's not good enough. You're stupid. Sit down, fit in. Everybody's going to make fun of you. What were you doing when you were eight? And is that anywhere in your business? Is that mm. anywhere in your life? That was the first question I asked myself in April of 2022 that popped this whole thing off lies in April of 2023 that like popped this whole thing off in a very, very serious way. And there were things I did leading up to that question, but wow, once I sort of went, oh, she has always like, she's always been there. I just lost her for a minute, but now I'm back home and that's going to be fun to go, to go explore. But I feel just such a, I feel lighter. I feel like I don't have to stuff myself like Bumby into a box to like fit into someone else's sort of, you know, expectations. I just feel like my job now is to just like be myself. And yeah. not that it wasn't before, but like really, truly to be holler. Um, and I believe that's when I was put here to do and we'll go see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're in the remix, right? Like we're I about to, I mean, I, again, I listened to your last episode, so uh, I know you're being cautious on putting out public timelines and dates and stuff like that. But just to say, you know, sometime in January, we're going to see uh, some of the, the output of some of that reflection in the, in the Judy remix, right? Which I'm yeah. excited to hey, see. Come but, on. But I'll come you, you on and can... record a little hit for y'all to just kind of, you know, get you up to speed. But um, you're yeah. like the first public press I've done since I've launched the new site, my new website, my new keynote. And, you know, you'll start to, you know, see the transformation sprinkle. Um, it's already started to begin on my social media. We're going to literally yeah. blow up the way the podcast looks and feels. We've already changed the cover image. I um, did. Okay. It is different. Okay. So okay. it's now called, it used to be Yes And with Judy Holler. Yes. Um, and, um, you know, because my work was 
rooted in improv theater. And I think there's some things to unpack there, but we renamed it to Holla Holler. at yeah. Your Dreams with Judy Holler. Yeah. Um, and it's a beautiful really, photo too. Thank you. Yeah. Like just bringing it, even that, like I'm just, I have the best people around me. I have the dopest creative director. I have um, just some of the wisest women around me right, right now that I've met out here in the desert that have just um, sort of, shepherded this and midwifed this whole thing um yes. to life and it's been a blast and yeah. and I'm happy to unpack it because there was a little bit of a story getting here some some pretty big um trials and tribulations that I had to like step over well so I I did want to ask you about that but I also wanted to ask you just just from memory from our last conversation and and just you know having consumed your work and followed you and whatnot I know you have some pretty staple, you know, morning and let's just say mental fitness practices, uh, like the I am statements and some of the journaling and whatnot. So I'm just curious as, as kind of like, as soon as you asked that big question in April, which seemed to be like the springboard of, okay, there's a remix kind of starting to happen. Where did it go from there? Like, how did you, how have those practices been shaped or what kind of, like, what other questions have been helping you along that journey? Because I think we're just mm. naturally, when this is airing, in a just, like, a seasonal time in the year where most people have a little bit more reflective time and it just feels a little easier to get into this stuff. So these kind of questions, I think, could be quite helpful, no matter where people are at on their ride. I love it. And I love this time of year. I love, you know, listen, changes the game. Like if you are the same next year as you were this year, shame on you. Like we mm. have to increase our tolerance for pain. And the only way we get any stronger, and when I say pain, I mean um, the pain of fear, the pain of rejection, the pain of getting it wrong, publicly embarrassing yourself, looking stupid, uh, feeling, I think I might've said shame. Did I mention shame? Uh, right. Like of all yeah. the like public decisions you make that work out and don't work out. I have had a trajectory of workbooks and planners and ampersand t-shirts and house of and disco balls. And I literally went down the path of starting a sequin jacket line. Like they're, <laughs> they're, they're in shoot. She went off the rails a little bit, but I'm so proud of her because it got me here. So I think a powerful question that I continue to ask myself as I prepare for a new year and as I reset every quarter and really truly at the top and end of every month, right? So I'm I'm kind of working in, I love um, goal-focused planning. I am a massive planner junkie, um, so much so I created one that I'm like, I don't want to be in the planner business. What am I doing? Goodbye. We're sunsetting the planner. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm back home to using um, an external planner. I personally use the six-month uh, best self planner. It's my oh, fave. Yeah. Six-month windows. And then I work, take those with those six months and I break them down into quarters and those quarters into months and then those months into like weekly. Anyway, it's yeah. a whole thing. But I'm asking myself this question, not just yearly, but certainly quarterly and revisiting it at the top and bottom of the month. And it's this. Cool. What do I want? I think, what do I want? Has it changed? Do I have new information now? Do I still want the same things um, 30 days from now that I said I wanted 30 days before? Because now I might mm -hmm. have some new information. And do I still want this? So what do I want? Getting clear on what you want. And the bigger question and my favorite and the most important question for me lately is, what don't I want? Oh. What kind of speaker do I not want to be? 
What kind of events do I not want to speak at? What kind of collabs do I not want to take part in? Um, Who am I not? You know, we like, I'll give you a really perfect tactical example. This was like so freeing to me. So I created last year and I'm so proud of it. The number one DM and question and email I get is, oh my God, Judy, how do I be a speaker? I want to be a speaker. I want to be a speaker. I want to be a speaker. And I am a speaker. So I do not have time to coach and teach other speakers. So like, let me make a course. It was great. Plus I knew I was going through this massive transformation. I'm like, perfect. I can take that time to build in some passive income, give back to the people who want to learn the business of keynote speaking, the real non-poser nation business of (laughs) keynote speaking, because there's a lot of noise and there's a lot of people who should not be teaching anything about keynote speaking. So I've been doing it for a decade. I make this course called Speaker School. It's dope. You can learn about it on my website. And the reason I'm I'm sharing that with you is I've loved it. And we've put 60 people through the course this year and it's online, it's on demand. And then they get like a monthly Zoom call with me uh, for six months and that's it. I show up on the Zoom call and I continue to get the messages of, hey, Judy, can we, you coach me? Can we open up? So I was going to open up some private coaching spots. And as applications started coming in, I'm like, oh, I've got some downtime. Let me take some private clients. Let me do some like private speaking coaching and to help these people, people I believe in really get their messages on stage and go deeper, right? Watch tape, things I can't do in a large course environment. All of a sudden I was like, why does this, why am I resisting? Like, why does this feel ick? Why don't I want to read the applications? Why am I like resisting this? And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to be a coach. Mm. I am hype. I am not help. Now, this doesn't mean I I am a great mentor and I I will be your teacher, but I don't want to carry your bags. I will pack them for you. I will get you on the plane. I will make sure you look good. I will give you all the (laughs) books to read. I will give you all the podcasts to download. I will get you ready. Mark, I'm going to get you on that plane, but I (laughs) do not want to carry your bags. I have no time for it and I don't want to do it. So what I have learned about myself is I don't want to be a coach. I am not a coach. I am about hype, not help. I've got, I got enough that I need to help myself with right now. This doesn't mean that I don't want to teach. I'm a, you know, I am a guest, a teacher on stage as a keynoter, right? But coaching is a different art form. I have coaches. We need coaches. Mm-hmm. But it is not my zone of genius. Yeah. It's my zone of joy. And so I think for me, like publicly even saying, I'd like, great. Now I know that. Data. Information. Why am I wasting time? Yeah. Because I, okay, I can make some money and certainly I could help some people. But if it's not like, I could be spending that time doing so many other things that actually could end up making an even bigger impact in the business. So that is an illumination on the other side of the question. What don't I want? And if yeah. I'm feeling some ick and some resistance, like, why am I feeling it? And and lean into it instead of like, la, 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 ignoring it, right? So I don't want to be your coach, but I do have a course and I get on those monthly calls and I will hype you and I will point you and I'll give you all the best coaches and books to read, uh, but I can get you moving. I can get you moving. That's what mm-hmm. I do. But I, I don't want to be a coach, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I think what you're like, what what's coming out really loud and clear is this idea of asking the right questions to get the data, then taking some action on that data that like in the business world, that's just normal. Like any brand, I mean, you have all these metrics, you look at the data, you look at the feedback coming in for your team, you look at market research and you make decisions. But for some reason, when it comes to 
like the biggest game and the biggest, you know, project of them all, like our lives. Our lives. We don't take we don't take we don't take the time to ask the questions to review the data until <laughs> unless, you know, we hit the wall of some sort, then the data's right there. Right? Yes. It's it's wild to me. It's wild it's to me. And I am coming out of this. I am born and raised in the Midwest. I live in Arizona now, but I'm a Midwestern girl. And if you are from the Midwest and you are listening to this, you will feel me on this. I have, I am a massive recovering people pleaser. I think what got me into so much trouble, not just with team, as a leader, with clients, with other people, is I, Brene says it, clear is kind. And mm. I was so worried about offending or upsetting or someone not liking me. So I would just shove myself down into a box. I do things and create things and say things and take on jobs and projects and collabs because I didn't want to offend or upset or ignite a, a, a light in someone in a bad way that could reflect negatively on me. And it just, I got myself into so much trouble. So now I'm kind of like, like, let's just be clear. It's kind because it's going to save us all so much time, money, and effort. And it is okay <laughs> to yeah. not be for everyone. And to be frank, if you are, you're probably doing it wrong, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I get, I get a lot of confidence out of the growth in that area, specifically for me, because um, getting clear on what I don't want does bring a confidence that I think helps me get closer to what I do want. And some of that required me like laying down um, my armor and like also like just really reckoning with the fact that I have to be honest with other people and myself and just, you know, people pleasing and, 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 and not speaking up is only going to hurt me in the long run. Um, we might as well nip it in the butt. Clear as kind, clear as kind, clear as kind. Yeah. That's the main thing that came through really louder the last 12 months and it helps me move faster in business and uh, not get caught up in things that I can't control anyway. So, it, it, uh, and I consider myself, it kind of, I, I probably hover in the people pleasing kind of bucket, uh, maybe probably more so than what I think. And then, and I know a lot of people pleasers. So I totally, totally vibe with what you're saying and it's, it's tough. So this is where this is, this question is coming from. Because there's one thing to acknowledge that and spend some time with some of the questions that you, you've, you've brought up. It's another thing to reprogram your mind with yeah. something that is so emotional, like there's emotions there, right? That we're normally dealing with when it comes to the reasons why we, you know, go down that people-pleasing route in, in, the, in the first place. Like what helped kind of consistently just remind you or put you back on track? Like, oh, there's, there's like Judy, the people-pleaser again, like, we're, we're not going there again. We've, we've already identified this. Like, was there anything that helped to make yeah. that shift? Um, a big theme right now for me that continues to come up, three words, trust your life, trust mm. your life, trust your life. And so I'm always kind of like, I have found, like, we, we know, we know, we know. We know when there's a red flag. We know when a person doesn't feel right. We know when we need to say no. We know when we need to say yes, and we're not because we're afraid. We know, we know, we know that there's a clause in this contract that makes you a little nervous, but we don't say anything, and then it ends up biting us in the ass, right? Like, so yeah. what helps me is like trusting my life and also trusting, and I think women inherently, we are so, we are powerfully intuitive. 
We are like born with this as women. So knowing this about yourself, tap into that. So I, what helps me is I think back to the times and I could count a couple really big ones um, that happened even this year uh, that I knew and I ignored the red flags and it cost me dearly. So I never want to make that mistake again. It doesn't mean I won't make mistakes again. Of course not. But now I really, I give myself a minute. I do not make fast decisions. I give myself 24 hours to respond to emails that make me, you know, and I give myself space and time. And yeah. old Judy, everything was so fast and so urgent and hurry, 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 go, go, go. And now I'm kind of more like, ooh, flow, 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 flow. Right. Cause mm. I, I don't want to be rushed into a, a, a decision. And if someone is rushing me, it's probably not right. Right. So I'm um, giving totally. myself space and time. And just uh, what really helps me, Mark, is just thinking about the three to five times that um, ignoring that little nudge, that little silent whisper um, has really cost me dearly. And it's waste. I have wasted so much time and so much money. Yeah. yeah. Um, ignoring myself. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm done. Whether some of it was vanity metrics, some of it was ego, you know, some of it was people pleasing. Some of it was just straight up fear. Right. Mm. Um, but you have the data now. That's how I yeah. have the data. And I have the like self-trust. I'm like, kind of like, I said this to my husband the other day, I'm like, Honey, I'm pretty good at this. I'm getting really good at this, like generating thing. Like I can sort of, like I can sort of like call my hole, right? And or something will come into like I will know things. I I think I might um, be a little higher on the intuitive spe spectrum than others. I feel like I've I've been like this since my my youth. Like sometimes I know things before they happen about people and it's just wild. So I play all these games with the universe to like to test. The yeah. Um, Why not? And to, yeah, I love it. I'm, you know, I, I play all kinds of games, games like that with the universe. Let me give you one. Can I tell you something that happened that's so wild? So all December of 2022, so a year ago, I was praying source, God, whatever you believe. I was praying for the certain amount of money. Um, I had just walked away from a multiple, multiple, multiple six-figure contract, a short thing with a big corporation. I said no to it because it was going to put me in a box as an MC. Mm. I am not an MC. I am a keynote speaker. It was also going to send me to a town in the Midwest every two weeks that I did not want to be in. Uh, I just moved my life to Arizona from the Midwest and I'd have to, you know, spend um multiple days, almost half the month in a town that <laughs> wasn't my vibe. And I was being undervalued. I wasn't being paid what I believe I was worth to do work that I believe was almost beneath my skill set. So I sat down. It was like the largest, one of the largest contract, the largest contract I would have ever signed. It would have really helped myself, our family, sure. my business. <laughs> and I looked at my husband and I said, I'm going to walk away from it. I'm going to say no. I'm going to I'm going to bet on myself because I believe again the awakening was happening, okay? And I'm like yeah. this is I don't want to be an MC. I don't want to be in a box and I'm not going to do it at, under my fee and it's not like a, you're sending me to Palm Springs, okay, maybe twist my arm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, or like somewhere really fabulous, right? So anyway, 
I walk away from this contract and I'm like, okay, trust your life, trust your life, trust the internal ping, right? I knew mm-hmm. it was dangerous to sign this contract because none of this that you're seeing right now would even be here had I signed this contract because I would have had the bandwidth at the time, right? So I say no to the contract and in December 2022, a year ago this month, almost to the date, and I'm praying all December, December for a certain amount of money uh, because I have my eyes on this creative director and this duo that I just felt local here to the desert. I felt so called to these women. I'm like, I need, they're completely outside of the keynote space. Um, they're, they're creative mavens and creative directors. They come from the fashion space. They built these followed sensational brands themselves. They've been featured in Bloomingdale's and all these like that. It's, it's the celebrities wear their products. and that, But they were just like creative, like the Rick Rubin to my beastie boys. Like I need to work with this woman. Yeah. So I knew the, the amount it was going to cost to bring them on and the retainer. So I'm praying, 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 praying over this number. This was like December, all December long. January 4th this year, I get a call from my right-hand woman the woman I had worked with for five years, my only sole full-time employee, um, my work wife, and she told me she's leaving me. She's leaving the company. She's okay. leaving me. And I'm like, I did not see it coming, but I saw it coming. Okay? Okay. So I kind of get through that shock and that trauma of like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I walked away from this contract and now man just walking away from me and all these things and what am I going to do? And then all of a sudden I go, oh uh, yeah. Her base salary, her monthly retainer was the exact amount I needed to work with who I am now working with this year. And I wow. I remember like pulling over my car and I just like nodded at the I I go, okay, God, yeah. I I get it. I got it. A funny <laughs> way of yeah. like doing this and like I don't know what I'm gonna do and who's gonna be on my support team, but Aha. So it was, we cannot stop what's meant for us. It's already in motion. And when we try to micromanage and control and manipulate what is destined for us, we will lose it. Because when when something is coming for you, I think Elizabeth Gilbert writes about this, right? Very famously in her book, Big Magic. Ideas are like a river. They're always flowing. The book idea is going to come to you. The lyrics, there is so much, so much words and wisdom and music and lyrics and money and opportunities and people. And it flows down this river and it's going to flow and an idea is going to flow. A lyric's going to flow. A concept's going to flow and it's going to come right in front of you like my book title, Fear is My Homeboy. It flew and I went, and I grabbed it. I knew right away. I'm like, that's it. That's mine. This happens to people and the idea comes and it flows right past them because they're not slowing down long enough to listen. They're not trusting their life. They're ignoring the tap. They're they're too busy in the checklist and the to-do lists and everybody else's priorities that they're not catching what they want and need for themselves. And I just refuse to do that. And so when this flew by me, this opportunity, it was like, you, we can't stop what's coming for us. We can yeah. miss it. But we can't stop it because what I'm doing now, this whole holla at your dreams, this holla way of living this hollified existence that is inherently mine because I was born with this last name, it would have went to someone else Yeah. had I not caught it. So I don't know. I think a lot of things were at play there, but I, I think the loss, the like trusting and betting on myself, trusting my life, and then playing these games, um, asking for what we want, hollering at our dreams. 
uh, and then being brave enough to catch them and do something with it. Do so, yeah, yeah. When we get it, that's manifestation. That's really, like, you can't, manifestation is simply, people love to talk about it, the spiritual, it is simply setting an intention, hollering at your dream, hollering, look, what do you want? Call it, what do you want? Mm-hmm. And then the secret is giving that intention attention. You got to move. You can't just sit with your crystals and your sage and your Palo Santo <laughs> yeah. and whatever else you do to catch a vibe, like, and just hope it happens. Like, yeah. we got to move. You got to move. You got to move. Yeah. And and I think that's the essence of, of what I'm doing now um, and really redefining what it means to holler, which I believe, you know, this pop culture phrase, holla, let's redefine it. For me, it's the audacity to age ambitiously, live out loud, and use the power of our spoken word to bring our dreams and goals into existence with enthusiasm. That is what it means to Holla, and I am here for it, baby. I am here for it. Love it. I love it. So every, we're making this a new tradition. Uh, we're not letting two years go by. We're doing every December. We're doing an episode yeah, together. December jam session. I, yeah. I love it. It's just like we just flow. It's too good. Totally. You ask great questions, though. That's your thing. Well, thank you, Judy. Thank you. Welcome. I so I, I'm happy you you and I, I, not clarify, but just added that that kind of last point about taking the action and, and grabbing and going, because I think people could have easily taken, you know, your message of, I was praying for that certain amount. And then like, that's all you hear. And then all of a sudden it appears, but that's not what, like, again, there's movement. I like the idea of movement because I feel most of us can relate to physical movement. Like you move your body, you train your body, you see results. You don't move you, I mean, you're going to get results, but we're not going to get the results that you're you're looking for. And I think we can apply that to our minds. We got to move the mind. We got to move like we got to have conversations. We got to keep going, right? Keep going. You can't just sit back and hope. Get in the room. We got to read the books. We got to take the courses. We got to get on the podcast. We got to make the pitch. We got to pick up the phone and sell. We got to send the email. We got to DM. Like this would that amount wouldn't have come in my stratosphere had I not put myself in the first room where I met the woman that I'm like, there's something about her. And then I listen to the feeling. I'm like, there's something here. She keeps yeah. coming up and there's, I, I feel really energetically drawn to this human being. And there's something, I don't believe this is a coincidence, but again, yeah, like, again, we're, we're 70% water, mm-hmm. water, like science, like water is yeah. meant to move. It is meant to flow. It is meant to, um, it's in constant motion and you should be too. It doesn't mean we don't pause to yeah. take a beat and give ourselves a moment, but even that's movement. It's a it's a conscious choice to be in the moment. And that is still a movement, right? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But it is all right. You don't just, again, this is why I think really making sure we understand manifestation and that, and that when you hear that term, they're they're the the only way it's possible to manifest anything is to move for it, to work for mm-hmm. it, to holler at it, to call your shot, to ask for what you want, to put yourself in the room. Like we got to make moves, but we also have to aim. We have to have something to aim at. Oh, exactly. And, and, and we have to speak it out loud because how will anyone know? Like Mark, if I don't know who you are, what you do, what you want, what you need, that you have a book, a pocket. Like, if, if you don't tell me what you want or what you need or who you are, how can I help you? How can I buy from you? How mm-hmm. can I, sir, how can I, it's almost like you're stealing from us if you don't 
yeah, yeah. promote yourself. And, and that word gets like a bad rap, but like I'm in this, I'm 47 years old. I'm a holler at my dream. Here's what I want. Here's where I want to go. And nine times out of 10, when we do speak it, so this is what I want to do on my show when we come back is I want to end my episodes with guests by being like, all right, what, what dream you hollering at? Because we got all these thousands of people across the world listening to this show. Mm. Someone probably can help you get it. And I had yeah. a girl on my show. We did it once. And this is how I came up with the idea. And she hollered at a dream. Uh, she wanted to speak on a specific stage in a specific room. And one of my listeners knows the booking manager for that. And they made it. Do you see what I'm saying? Holler yeah. at dreams gotta speak it because how can I help you? So um, to be able to play a role in people getting what they want and what they dream about because I'm encouraging them or giving them the space or the room or the permission to speak it, what an honor. Like that's how everything happened for me, right? It's the story I close with in my new keynote. Like the time in 2015 when I hollered at a dream in a room full of 500 people, like I literally said to the keynote speaker, I want to do what you're doing. Um, and I stood up in a room full of 500 people and I said that out loud and it changed my entire life. Like that speaker's still in my life. The people in the room that heard me were like, they were all the meeting professionals. Um, the story's on the about, about me page of my website, but it's like signature. It's like, you know, they were the first to hire me. They were the first to send me leads and support me because now 500 people in the meetings industry knew that I wanted to be a keynote speaker. So all of a sudden. Yeah. Door started open, right? Because I had put myself in the way of it. I applied some pressure. I just told 500 people, I want to be a keynote speaker. So what, what are we going to do about it? Yeah. Right. And, and yeah. there, there, there it begins. And that was a deck that was 15 years ago. And now here we are, right? So here we are. Cool. There's one topic I wanted to ask you about, and this is personally, I feel like I'm in a place like this and it, it sounds like you've gone through these kind of moments, maybe you're in one of them right now with kind of the remix, but it's balancing laying the foundation for something that is big or bigger than what we can even see today, but we know that this is what we need to do. Balancing that with, I got to eat this month and like the short term, you know, like I feel like my mind is, is all, is always going from side to side there. And it's, and, and it feels I feel so privileged and grateful that the bigger foundational pieces feel very clear to me because um, I know there's a lot of people out there that don't have that, um, but I put a lot of work to get there. But then there's always the, you know, the, the low months or whatever. And like, oh, you, it's your point. Like, got to trust the journey, trust your yes. life. You're on the path. But I'm just curious, like how, how you navigate that topic, let's call it, or that balance God, it's like a really good and timely question. I am still, I am in the weeds on that right now because okay. it's like, I've, I've, you know, um, yeah, it's one thing to say, okay, trust your life, <laughs> but that doesn't mean sit back and don't do anything. Right. So yeah. for me, I, the type A certified control freak seven days a week, baby. Um, I know for me that when I feel down either financially, emotionally, mentally, whatever's going on in my business. Entrepreneurship is so hard. And especially when you're remixing and doing something completely new, like I haven't been selling because my website, like I, I was, what would I got to sell the old thing? And like, yeah, I was in yeah. a complete transitional, transformational period. And, you know, there's just so many things, everything just hit pause. So there was a, 
there is a beautiful pairing of trusting, but for me, I know as long as I'm moving, like even if it's something as like, I'll give you a a really perfect example. I know, like I just have to find a way to take control of what feels uncontrollable. So I'm like, okay, if I can't be selling right now because my website's not up and I don't have my new pitches and I, even if I sold and I was ready and I had the perfect pitch, they would go to my old website and it would feel disconnected. And I just needed to get the new website out so that I could confidently go forth and pitch and sell in the ways I wanted to. And even from a marketing and an ad spend perspective, I mean, I just was frozen because it was the all the old stuff. And I just could not, how can I say, it's just very yeah. disconnected. So I said, but okay, what can I do? So what I have spent the last, specifically, I would say hardcore 60 days, but almost closer to the last quarter, really October, November, December. So I'm like, I can learn all about I'm going to read everything I can about sales and prospecting and pitching and how mm. do I bring new energy to um, opening doors and 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 shaking trees and um, the low-hanging fruit that is still fruit and how would I craft an email differently and what should my pitches look like and what books can I consume and how can I get things ready and what phone calls can I make now? Like I just got myself in the way of, of preparing to launch, right? So it just yeah. feels really good. And I, I would, when I would get emails then, um, and leads would come in and I knew that I couldn't put the old talks on stage, but I wasn't quite, I was in this liminal space. I was, I had created these scripts that helped people, these little videos that would help people understand like where I was going and when it was coming out. And so I, I, I felt like, and I was losing business of course. And I, I think I have, um, hit a very slow season because of the transformation, but I know that I needed the slow season to build it and prepare for what I think will probably be um, one, of the, one of the busiest seasons of my life. So I've been hibernating in action. Even though I'm not Ooh, technically like busy, that. I'm hibernating in the, like, the, like preparing for the hustle. And I mean, hustle with love. Like I love people who work. I'm a worker. Yeah. Be a, my first job was when I was 13 years old. So I'm a hustler, baby. I work. So I was hibernating in the hustle. So like right here, Mark, on my desk, oh my God, this book. I'm like, how have I never read this book? Fanatical Prospecting by Ooh. Jeff Blount. Guys, okay. The ultimate guide to opening sales conversations and filling the pipeline. Who doesn't want the pipeline full by <laughs> leveraging social selling? telephone, email, text, and cold calling. It brought me right back to my sales roots. There are no kidding. so many ideas in here. So I just started and I'm like tapping into like new ways to prospect and new ways to find uh, leads and conventions and tapping into my network and referrals and just kind of getting myself prepared. Yeah. Right. And that has made me feel less stress uh, because I feel in control of what feels out of my control because at the end of the day, and I also, one of the things he says in this book is the like, the more you pick up the phone, like the more you go sell, the luckier you get. Totally. And I think so, for me, I let the, one of the biggest mistakes I made over the last couple of years is I let go of my sales. I gave my sales to someone in my business who's not a salesperson, number one, and never wanted to be. And I lost control of my CRM and my relationships and my touch points. And it doesn't mean that we don't have people supporting us, but I think you have to be in your business. And mm-hmm. I lost control of that. And at the end of the day, no one's going to sell me better than me. So I have to take some ownership. So I've been studying sales because I 
do want to pay my mortgage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I do want to continue to hire people and keep my creative team and produce my podcast, all this stuff. There was expenses to running a business and living a life. And um, but I'm also equally I said to my husband, I go, I listen, if I need to go 10 bar for a little bit, we'll do it, you know, and like we make these jokes, but I'm like, seriously, like I will figure it out. I've always yeah. figured it out, but I know for me, I can't just sit around and do nothing. I'm like, great, let's hibernate in the hustle. Let's get ready for January because we're going to come out strong. So I'm building all yeah. my pitches and just getting ready so I can hit the streets in January. And I'm like, you're going to get lost in the noise right now. You're not really selling right now. You're, you know, you're strategizing. You're hibernating. Yeah. Hibernate yeah. is what do bears do? What It's like hibernation time. Hibernate in the hustle and then prepare to launch, you know? And yeah. So that's what I'm doing. I don't know if that helps you, but I'm oh, yeah. You're in it. No, no, I love it. Book. You're moving your yeah. mind. What's his last name? B-L-O-U-N-T. He's Sales Gravy. I think is his handle on Twitter and all the stuff. Sales, sales Gravy. gravy. <laughs> website is salesgravy.com. Like he is a hardcore sales guy. You know. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's really, really good. Like, okay, no, you have to hear this. You have to hear this. So it's like, what did I, well, there was this line in here that I was like, it was like he was literally screaming at me. Oh, if I could find it really quickly, I will read it to you. But um, it was just all of this, like, all of this talk about, um, do you feel this way? Are you feeling this way right now? Are you, oh, the more, the more you prospect, the luckier you get. There's a quote yeah. by Dale Carnegie, in action, in action, in action, breathes doubt and fear. Action breeds confidence and courage. If you want to conquer fear, don't sit at home and think about it. Get out and get busy. And then there's this section where it was like the universal law of need. And it states that the more you need something, the less likely it is that you will get it. This law comes into play in sales, when the lack of activity has left your pipeline depleted, right? And so mm -hmm. um, the first, so desperation taps up into, taps into this, like it almost like is the downside of the law of attraction. So, you know, like it's like boy likes girl, girl's yeah. like, get away from me. But boy all of a sudden starts ignoring girl and girl's like, oh my God, I love you. Oh my God. I'm just like, can we go out or whatever, right? And so it's the same with like sales and money and wealth. And so there's this kind of really interesting thing for us all to think about like okay we all are if we have any business we have to be selling so are you selling yeah. or are you ignoring yeah. have you looked under the hood are you picking up the phone like the more you prospect the more you sell the luckier you get in life and business which gives me so much courage i'm like okay what do i have to lose okay someone's gonna hang up on me someone's gonna say no oh well Exactly. Exactly. Let's, what if they say yes? What if I open a door? What if I get a dope stage? What if, you know, I bring my savings account back up to where I need her to be after <laughs> depleting it to yeah. refund another website redevelopment? I built two websites in the same year. Like, what? Like, such an overachiever. <laughs> wait, wait, well, one, the first one was this, you know, the people pleasing, the me not speaking up, the me you know, doing it for everyone else. And I just, I knew the whole time that I was making a mistake. And here we are. Moral of the story is I have gotten myself in the way. Inaction breeds fear. So I stay in the way of action. I even write about that in Homeboy. And I think that's just my Paula, like hustling mentality. I like to stay busy. Um, 
it keeps me out of like, you know, depression and anxiety and and things that I've definitely struggled with in the past and yeah. still frankly do. Yeah. Yeah. Judy, we're at time. Too of fast. course, just like any other in, or any other conversation we've had, we we probably continue this uh, at least another hour. Um, but I want to, of course, respect your time. And I do have to ask you a final question, though. Cool. Because uh, it, I don't. It's just it's it's intuitively coming up. I I'd, I'd love to project this forward to December twenty twenty four, and ask you. What are you celebrating at this time next year? I love that question. I am celebrating three things. One, my really good savings account. I have <laughs> put money in the bank and I'm so proud of that. I have a my, I have my safety net the way I want her back, right? Yeah. I am celebrating the stages I've spoken on this year with my new talk, like my number one focus is se selling my speeches, right? To getting on stage. Yeah. If you know someone who could benefit from my talk, holler at your girl. And then the third thing I'm celebrating is songs. So savings, mm -hmm. stage, songs. I want to, I'd love to be celebrating by the end of the year, my first EP or single on Spotify um, with, with, some really dope affirmation rap that um, I think is going to be really fun to do. So uh, a little more sneak to come, peek. More to come on that. Um, yeah. Uh, more to come on that. More to come on that. I am going to be putting a little sneak peek. I did a collab with. Um, I did a collab with one of my favorite keynote speakers, Jade Simmons, on stage uh, last week on Monday. We wrote a piece. Um, I wrote a piece called Permission Slip. She wrote her bars. I wrote my bars. Oh, and she that. is a pianist and she yeah. scored it with beats. And so we, and she encouraged me to rap. So I did rap and spoken word. Um, and she really encouraged me to like rap the top of my bars and put spoken word in the middle. Anyway, she helped me with so much of it. So I'm like, that's definitely going to be something that needs to be released. Like my first official like musical collab. But we did it on stage with all of these women proving, um, collaboration over competition wins every single time, but also like it was my first time out publicly as like this, um, you know, there's this really beautiful category of music and it's, it's affirmation, it's affirmation music. And it's, um, people that are poets and rappers wanting to take the space a different direction. Yeah. So instead of, um, rewarding and awarding sort of, um, a, a more dangerous lifestyle and winning awards that it's now a category in the Grammys spoken word poetry no longer goes up against audiobooks affirmation music has its own and there are women like uh there's Tony Jones and Queen Herbie and Chris and Teeb and all of these incredible um but God, there's thousands of them and I will be celebrating hopefully at the end of next year my first official song on Spotify as an artist um in that category and um yeah, saving stages and songs. Let's go. That's all. That's pure. When I think of go look it up. That kind of music. Nation music. I am. And Tony Jones. T O N I Jones. I love Queen Herbie. Um, Q V E E N, and then Chris and Chris C H R I S and T E E B. Specifically, a song called I Can Do Anything. Um, these guys are spectacular. And I just like, this is the stuff I walk. It is 
constant yeah. in my well, it's movement for the mind. That's movement that for the mind, baby. Yes. So this is I want to go make that in the world. It's it's art. It's it's rap. It's poetry um, for a good cause. Yeah, and you need to make that. Oh, we need more of it in the world. You are one beautiful, bright light in this world. I, I mean, thank you again for for taking some time to have this conversation. But I probably said this last time, and I'll I'll say it again. But thank you for for being you and going and doing the hard work, the the stuff that doesn't feel yeah. natural, feels tough, feels scary to go through those remixes because the the ripple effect and the benefit that all of us get from really feeling who Judy is, you know, today is exponential. So thank you. Thank you for doing that. Received, caught. I catch yeah. that and I needed it more than you can imagine. So this was a, a really perfect, I mean, I just hollered at some dreams myself here publicly and told some stories. I've never, you're the first, um, you know, press I've done on the other side of this like massive remix and new launch. And I just, I, I'm so glad it's you. So um, mm. it felt good. Thanks for giving me the space to do it and making it feel safe and also um, hopefully really valuable to the person listening. And I think the biggest takeaway is like, you're never too old. You're never too late. And if you were listening to this right now, you were meant to listen to it. So what are you going to do with it? Do yes. not be the same person next year that you are today. Shame on you, baby. Go holler at your dreams. Go call your shot. Go get something that you want this year. And do not apologize for that. Like this is, man, it goes by in five minutes. This life is over in five minutes. Five minutes. Five minutes. We're not wasting any more time. So go for it. Shoot your Let's shot. Let's do it. Woo. 